Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. <laughs> oh, that's the funniest thing you've ever said, Gavin. You would have a gender reveal party like you've ever had sex. The following podcast contains... We're more likely to believe an important local businessman than a foul-mouthed jerk from out of town. Foul-mouthed? Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you burnt down your state to declare the gender of your crotch fruit, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is episode number 278, No One Cares About Your Baby's Penis Bob edition of the show, where we talk about the idiocy of gender in general and parties to reveal them specifically. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Boom in a Box. Celebrate the announcement of your genetic lottery by blowing some shit up. For too long, chicks have gotten all the cool shit out of having kids. And us men have been left out. Well, no more. With Boom in a Box, now dudes can finally find some validation on the arrival of their children by blowing shit up to announce whether or not they have a dick or not. Boom in a Box comes in two colors. Little girl pink for the disappointment you feel knowing your sperm was weak. And made a girl and big-ass blue for your powerful baby batter who made a new man for the world. Just place blue in a box any old place. Fuck safety, you're a man. Then shoot that shit with your biggest fucking AR-15 and let the world know, and let the world know the God-assigned determination of your child's gender. Boom in a box, because men gotta blow shit up. Uh, operator, I'd like to make a collect call, please. First name, Bob. Last name is... We out of baby eats a boy. Hello? Collect call for Mr. Bob. We out of baby eats a boy. Sorry, wrong number. Who's that, dear? Bob. They had a baby. It's a boy. Oh. It's no great secret. My folks wanted a boy for their first child. It was the 60s, the backwoods of Tennessee. So it's the kind of thing people just wanted back then. And when I came along on my dad's birthday... It was a pretty special moment for both of them, I'd like to think. After that, things kind of went downhill. Oh, for a little while, I appeared to be a pretty normal boy for the time, dirty, smelly, obsessed with guns and war, but by the time I hit my tweens, well, it became clear that I I was never going to be, uh, well, uh... We just want you to act normal, but clearly you're not. I had no interest in the things other boys my age did. Didn't care for sports, was afraid of the saws and woodshop class, and was deathly afraid of girls. To make matters worse, I was just a little too good at an impression of famous Hollywood gays from the time. Now, look, I know this is not probably very pleasant to talk oh, I about. Love you. Because I you. adore Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Are we on? Yes, we're on. <laughs> that isn't to say I'm gay. I'm not. But it's to say that to my parents then, and well, probably now, they wonder if, you know, maybe... Maybe you haven't met the right man. I mean, never say never, but on my Kinsey scale, it's pretty hetero. No, my problem, as it were, it wasn't it's just that I, I wasn't then, nor am I now, very manly. When I was growing up, gender roles were just assumed to conform to the penis boy vagina girl paradigm, and if you had a penis, 
you were expected to act in a manner commensurate with possession of said penis. In those days, that meant being into cars, sports, guns, and other manly pursuits. While I was uh, into books, elves, and writing poetry. So how is this not gay? Was a question my dad asked himself on a regular basis and probably still does. Add to this my very late puberty, my not really dating anyone in high school, and my defiantly long curly hair, which honestly made me look like the cover front cover model of a gay weekly back in 1986, to a certain level of gender confusion on some people's part was, I suppose, understandable. I mean, for my part, I was sure I wanted to have sex with women, but being raised so naive and unprepared for interacting with girls left me clueless on how to go about achieving that goal. It wasn't until I joined the military when a few bold and decisive young women took me under their and demonstrated the joys of heterosexual sex. What I mean by all of this is that gender is fucking bullshit and we make too big of a deal out of it because different people experience and feel different things differently. Which brings me to my topic of why in the fuck in 2020 are people still having things like gender reveal parties when they are about to drop a crotch fruit into this plague-ridden steaming pile of shit planet we've created for ourselves. You've all heard of these things. Probably because people keep burning down large swaths of said planet during their fucking gender reveal parties. San Bernardino County, the El Dorado fire is still burning out of control. It was started during a gender reveal party. A pyrotechnic device set off at a family party was supposed to reveal blue or pink smoke. Instead, it set off a fire that is now threatening homes and forcing evacuations. And in terms of stupid, this little firebug fun, fun time was actually fairly benign compared to an incident in 2017 when some dipshit shot a box full of tannerite and explosive and blue powder to demonstrate to the world his sperm had accomplished a 50-50 shot of having a boy. From a 2018 CNN story, quote, The man who shot the target, off-duty U.S. Border Patrol agent Dennis Dickey, pleaded guilty in September of this year to a misdemeanor violation of U.S. Forest Service regulations and was sentenced to five years probation. He was also ordered to pay $8.188069 million in restitution, starting with an initial payment of $100,000 and monthly payments thereafter, unquote. The aforementioned fire that Dennis Dickey started would go up, burned over 47,000 acres of land and caused $8 million in damage, that's the damages he had to pay. What the fuck is a gender reveal party? I can hear a very few of you ask. Well, it's all right there in the name, really. You, you an expectant parent, gather your friends and family together, most of, them, most of whom could not give a fuck about the gender of your kid. They're there for food, booze, and booms. And you tell them if you're having a boy, you're having a girl. That's great. Yeah, good for you guys. Aside from the question of gender as a construct in general, at least on a genetic level, you were going to have one or the other. So where's the big reveal? I mean, if I went to a gender reveal party, which I would never do, and your box exploded with the information that, that you were going to have, I don't know, maybe a leopard, then at least I would be interested because that opens some real curious doors into your sex life. What's wild about these damn things is how new they are. Slate's Willow Paskin did a brilliant podcast on them last year where she breaks down the entirely mundane and benign origins of them. Quote, 
The gender reveal party is a recent phenomenon, originating in 2008 as a backyard barbecue at Jennifer Vundas' house, where she and a small group of friends and family learned she was having a baby girl. From those humble origins, the gender reveal party has metastasized into a global phenomenon, featuring countless blue and pink cakes, explosions, lasagna, skydiving adventures, and even a hippo-assisted watermelon reveal. These parties have become notorious for their perceived tastelessness, gender, gender essentialism, and the real destruction they've left in their wake, including a massive forest fire and a recent death, unquote. I, I commend you to the Dakota Ring podcast for the full history that we are just going to gloss over on our way to whatever point it is I'm planning on making this week. Look, having to pump people over for a party to tell them whether there's a penis or, your or a vagina on your forthcoming tax breaks is fine if it's entirely silly. You do you. It's a free country if you're white enough. But... Like most things white people get involved with, it's rapidly turning into... Well, it's sentimental tacky crap. And then into garish displays of over-the-top whiteness involving alligators, explosions, hippos, and other wild white people shenanigans. Let's run down some of the more memorable gender reveals from the internet over the past few years. There was the couple in Philadelphia who decided to light off pink fireworks at their party, which promptly fired straight into the gathered watchers and set their yard on fire. There was the couple in Ohio who brought their loved ones to Applebee's. Applebee's! To crank off colored confetti poppers all over the restaurant. And when asked to clean up their mess, they refused. A fight broke out. The police were called. And the whole gender reveal party left without paying their bill. Or the folks in Louisiana who use blue-dyed watermelons and a motherfucking alligator to announce their bundle of joy's gender. Alligators! Not big enough for you? A Texas couple used a goddamn hippopotamus to do the same goddamn thing. But that was a girl. How about the California couple who had someone chuck a blue powder-filled baseball at the expected father who decided the pitch wasn't good and the ball being the expected mother right in the face? One dude told his wife the gender of their ninth child Tad, obsessive, isn't it? by splicing together clips of her dead dad's voice. A New Jersey man broke his ankle trying to kick a powder-filled football. A couple in Australia, proving once again that Australia is the America in the southern, of the Southern Hemisphere, burned down their car during a gender reveal. And, oh, let's not forget this, a woman was killed in Iowa when a piece of debris from the gender reveal explosion struck her in the fucking head. Watching these moments in people's lives, I could not help but notice one or two very critical things. How very white and how very heterosexual they all are. But for pure heterosexual Caucasian foolishness, nothing beats the Tannerite explosions. Tannerite is a binary explosive composed of an oxidizer and some aluminum powder, and when you hit it with a high-velocity bullet, it explodes with a loud boom and a large cloud of smoke. Legally, it can only be sold in one-pound increments, and even this small amount makes a nice big explosion. <laughs> and naturally, people use far more of it than the one pound, because if you're going to blow something up, you're going to want to blow it up real good. So... Soon-to-be dad gets a big box of Tannerite and some colored powder, sits it someplace where presumably it will not kill anyone, and then shoots it with his goddamn AR-15 until it blows up. What does that have to do with our children? Not a goddamn thing. Oh, I don't know. I guess it does let a man be a part of what's been traditionally and pointlessly a female-centered ritual of childbirth. 
the baby shower. For much of human history, the very real chance that mom would die in childbirth kind of prevented people from celebrating the birth prematurely. After all, you don't want to throw a shower and then use the leftovers for the funeral meal. Turns out it's a real buzzkill. So while there were what could be construed as baby showers intermittently through histories, they were largely after the baby arrived and mom was still around. It wasn't until the 1940s and early 1950s that modern baby showers were born. Now, like most things in the 1950s, you don't have to dig very deep to find the influence of Madison Avenue to see how these things developed into what they are today. Gifts, decorations, cards, cakes, and caterings all proclaimed by the advertising companies as the way things are done today. I don't want to shit on baby showers because they do help a lot of new parents shoulder the burden of their imminent money suck. And of course, there's a huge difference between a poor family getting things they need and the middle and upper class families getting a shower of kitschy and pointless shit. Really, Karen? Baby's first iPhone. You know, we needed fucking diapers. But you know what you probably wouldn't see at a baby shower? A man. And there's a lot of reasons for this, mostly centered around men being shitty. But as the 21st century moved along, increasingly it was deemed beneficial for dads to, uh, I guess, be involved in the events leading up to the birth of their child. As gender reveals began to grow as a fad, more and more they, they became a dad-centric event. And with most things centered around men, they began to get bigger, louder, and more dangerous. Fucking men. Early gender reveals had balloons popping out of boxes or a cake you cut to reveal food-colored layers. But as more and more men, particularly men of a certain kind of very manly man, became involved, they immediately thought, Hey, hey, this is good and all, but what if we involve beer and guns and... Maybe some explosives. (laughs) Next thing you know, boom, shit's burning and people are dying. You know the kind of man I'm talking about. There are staples of these spectacles and they all share a certain universal traits. Over-the-top displays of masculinity centered around large beards, camouflage, and the kind of trucks one would think were used for heavy farming, yet mostly are used to haul a load of groceries back from Walmart. And they have one or more American flags on them. Tattoos that if you just went ahead and assumed or at least slightly racist, you're probably going to be right. The t-shirts that imply violence if you disrespect whatever chucklehead issue Vernon is passionate about on this particular t-shirt day. And of course, openly carrying at least one firearm. Oh, that guy! The kind of guy that really is overcompensating for something with every fiber of his being because daddy never hugged him and has to prove to himself and every person he meets that he's been saving his one cry of his life for the birth of his first child. Unless that child is a girl, then he's saving it for the boy. Oh, you don't think there's some disappointed daddies out there when that box pops pink smoke? You even America, bro? Now, you might think this intense passion for his kids, the need to prove himself a better dad than his dad ever could be, might be a good thing. She would be dead wrong. This fucker is going to be up his kid's ass their entire life with unrealistic expectations about pretty much everything. If his boom box blows blue, he's going to push that poor kid into every fucking sport imaginable, load him down with his toxic masculine bullshit from the cradle. I mean, we're talking about the kind of guy that will get his kid their first assault rifle when they're still shitting their diapers. And if it pops pink, he's about to load his girl child with so many daddy issues, she'll be dancing at a Tampa Bay strip club 
three days after she turns 18 because daddy has terrified every boy who ever looked at her from daycare forward. He hangs signs prominently about his gun case, about dating his princess, all of which center around the fact that he hates your guts for daring to be romantically interested in what is essentially his property and how he will kill you if you hurt her, none of which will apply to you after you marry her because then she's your property and problem and you can treat her however you wish. And if you happen to be one of those kids that do not really fit neatly into the binary of modern gender, you and dear old dad are in for the ride of your life because he simply will not be able to accept, understand, or care about your problem and will probably kick you out of the house when you turn 16 because he don't want no faggots around there. Funny how you never see that on Cliven's I'm a good daddy t-shirt. Hey, hey, uh, I, I will love my children unconditionally so long as they adhere to the conditions of my loving them. But I guess you can probably get one of those at the MAGA Etsy store. So now we've reached the inevitable pushback against this tacky-ass trend. The woman who kickstarted the whole damn thing posted on her Facebook page, quote, Stop it. Stop having these stupid parties for the love of God. Stop burning things down to tell everyone about your kid's penis. No one cares but you. It was 116 degrees in Pasadena yesterday, and this tool thought it would be smart to light a fire about his kid's dick. Toxic, toxic masculinity is men thinking they need to explode something because it's simply enjoying a baby party is for sissies. And of course... I'm getting hate messages. Excuse me for having a cake for my family in 2008. Just because I'm the gender reveal inventor doesn't mean I think people should burn down their community. Stop, unquote. And as I noted before, the whole concept of gender is out of whack in the first place, and these kind of things do real damage to non-binary people. An article in Mer the Mercury News sums it up well, quote, even when gender reveal parties don't cause this kind of overt harm, these examples of death and destruction are still an apt metaphor for the detrimental effects of their deeper, cult deeper cultural message. A pyrotechnical display of pink or blue reflects a toxic glee at boxing our babies into binary gender categories that may or may not reflect who they are. By slapping a color code on our little ones and plastering it all over the internet before they are even born out of the birth canal, we are removing entirely their sense of agency to develop their own gender identities and to control that identities online. We are completely erasing the spectrum of social and biological diversity when it comes to gender. Those who do not fit into the binary gender categories, whether they are transgender, non-binary, or simply don't fit the stereotypes, if I'm, perfect, I'm a perfect example of someone with thin female genitalia who, and who doesn't feel particularly female and who loathes the color pink and anything frilly and who will never feel right about being addressed as man, already face an uphill battle when it comes to navigating the world and finding acceptance and fair treatment. Transgender people are particularly vulnerable to discrimination and violence, and rituals like gender reveal parties only reveal a system of inequity that marginalizes the trans community, unquote. So... That should just about wrap it up for these gender reveal things, right? Ha <laughs> ha, you fool! I predict that this, like every other single fucking issue in this fucked up country, will only intensify in the segment of the population that feels marginalized for not being able to marginalize others. While gender reveals are already passe in the East Coast liberal elite, they will soon become mandatory for every Trumper in the country as a way to demonstrate their freedom from oppression from the libtards. The explosions will get bigger, along with the caliber of guns. Keep your eyes open for the artillery piece gender reveal because it will happen. 
Who gives a shit who gets hurt, how much property damage is incurred, or how many officials tell them to stop blowing shit up and burning shit down? They will only do it bigger and louder because they are goddamn Americans and you can't tell them how to celebrate the arrival of the child whose life they will eventually ruin. Because this is what America is is now 60% sane, rational people who understand how they to live in a society, we sometimes have to limit ourselves from time to time, and 40% who will drive their fucking boats in a no, so fast in a no-wake zone, they swamp the other Trump boats because fuck them. You're going to need a bigger boat. If they won't wear a mask, you think they're going to stop gender reveals because some pansy-ass podcast host told them they are bad for everyone, especially their kids? I'm the first to admit I'm adrift in a sea of ignorance about non-binary folks. And while I know many gay people, I know almost no one who's non-binary. I know a few distant acquaintances from college of the transition, but they're not a part of my day-to-day -day life. Their life experiences are as different to me as someone who grew up in a remote farming village in Borneo. I've never felt wrong in my own body, excepting a few particularly brutal hangovers after drinking soju in South Korea. And I am painfully heteronormative, so much so that the Kinsey study has a special category called, and then there's Dave. But I've seen the impacts of toxic masculinity on society and on me personally, so I figure that anything that invokes the vile specter of traditional manhood is bad in general and really bad for those who find themselves outside the bubble of traditional dick ownership as defined by our society. If I had a kid, I would probably make assumptions based on their birth genitals, but I would never impose those assumptions on the kid for fuck's sake. It's hard enough to be a kid without your shitty parents pushing you to be something you're not. Ask me how I know that. Go ahead. Fine, I'll tell you. I spent the first 20-odd years of my life conforming to the assumptions about what I was meant to be and what it meant to be a man that my parents imposed on me. And as I grew older, I realized I didn't meet any of them other than, you know, the obligatory penis. I do not now, nor have I ever wanted to do the responsible thing of settling down, becoming a man, raising a couple of kids, and being a father. I recognized pretty early on that I would be very bad at it, and I would inevitably fuck up any kids I might have, so I've nutted on a lot of bellies and a lot of butts over the years. Jesus Christ, Dave! I mean, yeah, I, I wore a condom. Don't, I mean, don't think I'm a pig or anything. It's just, you know, sometimes I would pull out so you can never be too safe. And if you pulled out anyway, you might as well, you know. Oh, nobody wants to hear that. So I know nothing about being non-binary or non-conformist when it comes to gender. I just have a hint of what it might be like. And I would never do anything to make it harder on someone who is. And you know what? It cost nothing not to be an asshole. Let people be themselves. Why should you care what pronouns someone chooses, what clothes they wear, or what body they feel proper within? It doesn't concern you, even if it's your fucking kid. Just love and accept your kid. Keep them safe and teach them to be a decent human being. If more people just did that, we might not have rednecks with daddy issues burning down the southwestern United States because they can't have a good cry and just hug their goddamn kids. 
on Oops! The Podcast. Join me, comedian Julio Gallerati, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. <laughs> that is it for our show this week. You know, personally, I don't see why people get so excited over the whole having a baby thing. I mean, come on. You did something literally every other living thing on this planet can do. Made a 50% copy of yourself. Yay. And that puts you on the same level as a, as a naked mole rat. You must be so proud. But then again, that's me. I'm widely considered to be a soulless asshole, and I'm sure your kid it will be fantastic and shit. Good for you, just don't fuck them up, which you totally will. Speaking of fucking things up, rate and review this show wherever you get your pods so you can fuck up someone else's podcast feed with your bad life choices, just like you will do to your children's future. Follow the show on all the socials for parent advice from a drunk guy at the hell underscore podcast on Twitter and the show name on Facebook. Instead of contributing to your kid's college fund, which they won't use because the world will be on fire by then, you could do just like listener Amy did this week and kick up your contributions to a friend of Gavin-level donor on our Patreon, where she will soon be receiving a lovely pin with Gavin's face on it just as soon as he gets around to having them made. That's at patreon.com slash whatthehellpodcast. All of the shows going back five years. Hey, this show would be starting kindergarten this year if it was a kid. And that poor kid would be so fucked up. All the words it would know would be swear words, and all it would know how to do is mix drinks. Because I would teach my child only the important things in my life. So for me, Dave, she claims that I'm the one Bledsoe producer. Mama always told me to be careful who you love, Gavin, and all the fictional kids that are not my sons on this show. We want to say, just, just leave your damn kids alone, all right? Just do it. And we said it last week. Just leave your kids alone. You're doing enough damage as it is, and you've already given them a world filled with shit. We'll see you all next week. What the hell were you thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings podcast network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com, or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast 
or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow.